On the 29th of August 2023, Diplosphere was lucky enough to host Gerard de Graft, the EU's special envoy to Silicon Valley, in Wellington for a day-long conference. And he was the keynote address to talk about regulation. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Intelligence. Gotta be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! It's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, when I arrived, like, uh, about a year ago, I mean, the discussion was all about the metaverse. We were kind of wondering, well, where was this going, the metaverse? Nobody today... Well, very few, maybe Mark Zuckerberg, who's put about $10 billion into the metaverse, is still talking about the metaverse. The whole discussion, particularly since last November, is, of course, about AI and also about social media platforms. The Digital Services Act and the Digital Markets Act are very well known in the U.S. and in Silicon Valley. I mean, it's, it's areas that I've also been involved in when I was still working in Brussels one year ago. If you want to know a bit more about DSA and DMA, there's a an event tomorrow. I'm making a, a, a quick pitch here. Uh, just check it out at uh, EU in uh, in New Zealand. Um, uh, but but it's been uh, I mean uh, a fascinating. Uh, I mean it's I mean there's a lot of discussion. I mean there's been headwinds. I mean you forgot to mention that 400,000 people lost their jobs at social media companies. I mean the whole kind of China angle, uh, microchips, semiconductors, expert control. So there's been a few more things happening, but. Silicon Valley remain, remains an extremely dynamic part. I mean, I mean, it, it, all of what we talk about AI now. I mean, this this is Silicon Valley. This is San Francisco. These companies are kind of uh, in, in my backyard, and and it's very interesting to 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 talk about these these things. And we'll we'll talk about these these things now. I think one thing that maybe before we start is that nobody really knows where this is going. Anybody who pretends to know where AI is going in the next kind of couple of years or 2035, nobody knows. I mean, I've asked a question a few times, like, where do you think we will be in one year's time? One year's time? I mean, just ask me about one month, maybe, maybe two months. Anything beyond, nobody really knows. What we do know is it's going to be very disruptive. And it's all going to play out in a very short period of time. I mean, you take social media. I mean, we've had at least like 10, 15 years of experience with social media. We won't have 10, 15 years of experience with kind of AI before it's really going to hit us and, and it's going to be really disruptive. So that just by way of background, I don't want to kind of cut the grass from under your feet, Peter, by starting to ask questions and answer them myself. But <laughs> but I thought it'd be useful to kind of to, to, to set a few kind of ground to... I mean, a basic kind of um, uh, truth uh, about uh, Silicon Valley and, and AI. But it's been a, a, a nice roller coaster ride. What I would like to say is that the EU is not just like obsessed with kind of regulation, because that's often a kind of criticism I get in Silicon Valley. I mean, uh, we are Silicon Valley and you're Silicon Valley of regulation. You can't compete on the technology. So we're also working and investing massively in the technology and, and, and also in all the other issues that we talked about, about skills development, the impact on our labor market. So you cannot have just a policy about regulation when you talk about a, a transformative, highly disruptive technology like AI. And as you said before, this isn't just the only 
show in, in town in Brussels, we are regulating across the board. And one of the reasons we also regulate is because we are a union of 27 member states and 27 member states that aren't sitting on their hands. Uh, they are, if, if it's a bit like what you now see in the United States, not much is happening in Washington, D.C., and, and, but the states are very active in this space. And so you see increasingly like fragmentation in the U.S. And we've seen that in Europe. And obviously that's not helping us because it, I mean, it, it, it doesn't make the legislation more effective because all of these developments are, of course, I mean, they are global and in, in, in Europe, at least European. And it just makes it very difficult for our businesses to, to scale up because in the internet it's all about scale and speed and if every time you go to another member state you have to adjust your business model the first person you hire is a lawyer not an engineer well this is part of the answer why Europe doesn't have that many big platforms that you see in the US but how did we get we get there and, and, and I think I mean I was pleased to see this morning also the kind of the I mean what, what the US would call bipartisanship I mean to say the, the, the cross party is this is not really political in the European Union. I think we've, of course, relied a long time on voluntary commitments by these industries. There was some kind of philosophy that somehow the technology was different uh, as a kind of an exceptionalism. I mean, policymakers wouldn't understand it. It moves too fast. You can't regulate it. Well, we've seen, and, and, and I think you've seen here, that if you leave the, the kind of the decision-making to the private sector who have their own of course motives i mean first of all is to to turn a profit and to grow public policy might not be served as well as it should this the government cannot relinquish its responsibility cannot delegate public policy making to big private organizations because they tend to put profit before people well, you have, I mean, Cambridge Analytica, I mean, Christchurch, I mean, just, just you kind of build it, build up. And at some point, I mean, just almost the, the, the dike broke, broke. I mean, I'm from the Netherlands, so this, this is kind of an, maybe an apt metaphor. And, and, and we did not have much difficulty to, to, to start preparing this legislation. I mean, you talk about DSA and DMA and AI Act. I mean, we have a bit of, I mean, we take our time eh, to legislate this. We don't do this overnight. We do a lot of public consultation, impact assessment. We take regulation very seriously because if you, if you get it wrong, I know the next session and I, is about regulation versus innovation. I mean, we would not automatically say that regulation is, I mean, we think regulation, if it's well crafted, is based on a thorough problem analysis can actually can be conducive to innovation. I mean, if you look at AI, for example, and I heard, I mean, you quoted yourself, some of these statistics of Ipsos that few people, many people don't really trust it. We have a little bit the same in the European Union. We're kind of a little bit apprehensive about these technologies. Well, if people don't trust the technology, what do you think is going to happen with the market? You think it's, I mean, a market where people don't trust, do you think is really going to grow and go to innovate, et cetera? So we think actually rulemaking, but again, this is just part of it. It's not all of it in the European Union. For us, it's very important, the trustworthy AI, it, we, we think it can drive innovation. It can kind of really provide also predictability in the market. So it, it isn't, there's, there's different purposes. There's a single market. As I said earlier, if we don't do it, the member states will, and they will do it in different ways, and we end up in a mess, as we've, we've experienced for a year. If we do it in a good way, in an enabling way, also kind of allowing for kind of regulatory sandboxes, etc., we think it can be a 
a major driver for innovation and for kind of for the European Union to be a serious player globally in AI. If, if the European Union is associated with trustworthy AI and, and China is associated or other parts of the world is associated with, well, maybe AI you cannot trust, or at least does not conform to our values, because AI is not a neutral technology. AI is that values embedded in these models and in these technologies that we think the European Union can do quite well globally. So it's, it's that, I think, realization that has made that we have a, a very broad-based consensus in, in, uh, in the European Union to regulate AI, of course, to invest more in AI, but also regulate social media platforms. Uh, and we can talk a bit more about that, how you then do it. But the question, should you regulate or not regulate, is no longer a question that's asked in the European Union. It's how do you regulate? Digital is complicated. I mean, we are not underestimating. AI is very complicated to regulate. So we have like, we pass this kind of threshold, like should you regulate or not regulate? But then you have to ask yourself, how do you regulate? And I mean, large language models, etc. I mean, this is, this is complicated stuff. So you need to talk to the industry. You need to talk to experts also at like universities like Stanford and Berkeley, where you have a lot of, lot of expertise and try to understand better how these technologies work and what the impact of these technologies are likely going to be. Well, you mentioned Zuckerberg and you mentioned Musk and you can mention a few others of these CEOs. I mean, the EU is a very important market. I have seen no dancing in the streets of San Francisco since the DSA uh, entered into effect or the DMA even less so. Um, but I think there's respect for the regulation. The EU is a very important market for them. They are very successful, these companies in the EU. They make a lot of money in the EU. They cannot walk away from the EU. And if there is kind of a regulator or a kind of a, 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 a group of countries that, that, that regulates these big tech platforms, I think they would prefer that it is the European Union rather than kind of, well, I, I'm not going to mention names where maybe the regulation isn't going to be as well informed. And this sounds extremely kind of like I mean, biased in a way, but... I mean, we have a system where, as I said, we take our time to regulate. This is not done overnight. This is very inclusive. It's a lot of public consultation, which we do. It's very hard to do stupid things in the European Union. I mean, we have like checks and balances in it. So if there is regulation, I think the, the companies prefer that is regulation coming from the, at least, I mean, European Union rule of law, democratic societies uh, rather than maybe some of the autocratic countries that, that that we also see of course active in this in this field so i mean i think that, that we haven't seen that type of i mean i often get that question because i was involved of course in the negotiations for the dsa and the dma there wasn't kind of assertive lobbying by these companies i think they also recognized that the more they lobbied the more they would get uh, kind of regulated i mean so i mean our advice to them was maybe you you want to be a little bit more quiet in all of this because it could lead to even even tougher rules on you. So, I mean, I think they're, they're serious. I mean, since I arrived, of course, I mean, the negotiations were over. Uh, in the first uh, kind of couple of weeks, they were just trying to reopen some of the issues. I said, well, there's no point. Uh, the, the negotiations are closed. Now better prepare. And I th we've certainly seen a serious effort of preparation. And, and we see the same a bit now on AI. I mean, we're in the final stages of negotiations for an, an EU AI Act. Uh, we are going into process where our two chambers, uh, the Council of Ministers, which is like the Senate 
and 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 the European Parliament, which is like the House, are coming together to to negotiate a common version of the two marked-up versions that they have prepared. We should have an agreement in the next two or three months on this. So we are so they are contributing. With this, we had our commissioner Breton in Silicon Valley two months ago. He met also with Sam Altman and and and, and Sundar Pichai and and all these others. So we we definitely have a good line of communication, but. I mean, these issues that we are, I see the title of the, I don't know whether it's, uh, the, uh, I mean, a world governed by AI. Mm. I mean, we wouldn't think the world should be governed by AI. I mean, <laughs> we think AI should be governed by the world. <laughs> uh, so so mm. the idea that you, you, you have kind of, in a democracy, you have lawmakers who decide how a technology, which is so disruptive, should fit into, I mean, a technology kind of for people, not people for technology. I mean, that's that's a democratic debate that we need to have. Of course, we will take inputs, including from, from the industry, but in the fact that we need to make sure that these, the technology, we maximize the benefits of the technology, which are huge. There are tremendous opportunities, but there are also risks. And, and then we, as policymakers, and, and particularly those people who have been elected, uh, in, in our parliaments and, and in our governments. I mean, we need to minimize those risks. We need to mitigate those risks. So so that's, I think, there's a, a good constructive debate and, and the platforms know and these companies know that the rules are coming and they better kind of uh, prepare themselves for these rules. And then we have to see what the impact of these rules are on the rest of the world because we're first mover. I said to colleagues here, I mean, have you found the stone of wisdom yet we haven't so i mean we there's lots of questions that we were not 100 percent sure about so there's an advantage maybe of moving first but you're probably also going to be making a few mistakes that others can learn from and there's a lot that we can learn also from new zealand and from partners around the world so let's see how it's going to impact and then we learn as we go along but but the european union will not leave a vacuum in this in this in this space that that's for sure I mean, when I came to Silicon Valley one year ago, I, I mean, there was this criticism, like, why are you regulating AI? It's just, it's, it's a new technology, it moves I mean, very fast. I mean, it's far too early. Then ChatGPT happened, and then the conversation changed dramatically in the US. I mean, even to the point where you go to many of these events now, and the first question you get is, what's your P-Doom? Uh, P-Doom is what, what's the chances that, of this extinction? I mean, the, the, the technology... And so there's a quite scary, I mean, and you go to many of these meetings and you come home and around the dinner table, you think, oh, my God. Uh, so this is, but, but so the conversation now, when I talk about AI in Silicon Valley, is like, why does it take the European Union so long to regulate? And a year ago, I so, said, well, why are you regulating? Because if we have an agreement before the end of the year, which we will have, I'm convinced of that, it'll be a, a transitional period, it'll be uh, two years. And so no, we need to also bridge a, to build a bridge because two years in an AI context is, of course, is an eternity. So we're working with industry and, and providers about on, on an AI pact so to already start kind of introducing these, these rules in, into their, their operations. I mean, the, 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 the way we have regulated is a product safety approach. Uh, also, because I mean, just I mean, what I we be find in Europe difficult to understand is that kind of I mean, whenever this kind of cars are put onto our market or new drugs are put onto our market or new devices are put on our market, I mean, they're regulated. 
because uh, we want to mitigate the risk. We don't want people to get electrocuted when they use like an ele electronic device, and and they, we don't want people to step into a car and then maybe the brakes don't work. So, but but here, I mean, apparently it's it's okay to put. AI into the market, which isn't tested, we don't really understand. I mean, one of the questions I always ask people who develop these large language models, how much do you understand? How can you explain your own large language models? And the answer I get is 60%, 70 sometimes. So so that I, just by way of background. So another kind of point why we, 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 we actually think that the burden of proof is not on those who are saying, why are you regulating? The burden of proof is on those who are saying no, it shouldn't be regulated because there's a product safety. These 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 AI, there are in products, there are medical devices. Should they no longer be regulated when they they give rise to important say diagnosis and and, and treatments? So we have a product safety approach. It's risk based. So in effect, I mean, we'll probably be regulating only only ten percent of AI applications. So when we talk about regulating AI, we're not regulating ninety percent of AI. We're only regulating like the ten percent where you say, look, in that particular context, there is a material risk for the either physical but also material risk for the interest of the of the person. Like if AI is used for a recruitment decision, or AI is used to whether to decide whether you get a mortgage or not, or AI is used for uh, health uh, application. Those are situations where we want to be sure that the AI is giving rise to a fair outcome, uh, that the data is non-biased, that the process is, 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 is transparent, etc. So this is the way we, we are regulating in, in, in Europe. And, and so it's, it's a kind of a particular way. I mean, in the US, for example, we're working with the California state, who is also has a, a regulation on AI before its uh, legislature. And, and this is much more liability base so if something goes wrong how can i sue somebody can i can i sue the pens of somebody i think which is a typical like us type of approach uh, where we are looking a bit more at uh, at the product safety side so so i think there are lessons to be learned for i mean so we are we're going into this it's going to take some time but uh, i mean there's definitely lessons to be learned and i think there's i mean you don't have the eu has this approach of like comprehensive regulation uh, we do a quite thorough problem analysis and then we just look at it and we come with like DSA, DMA, quite broad regulations. But you do not need to regulate in that way. You can also take like a more modular approach. I mean, just take look at one bit, a little bit more transparency might be helpful because a lot of the AI is black boxes. So if you get a bit more information about how these AI systems work, that's already a, a gain. So there are different ways of there's multiple roads leading to Rome, not a I mean, we are very mindful that we, I mean, we must be careful also regulating. I mean, there is a real understanding that we must not over-regulate because then we will shoot ourselves in the foot. And then where to draw that line, how to strike that balance, of course, that's, that's part of now of the political process. And these issues are really complicated. I mean, how to regulate large language models. I mean, this was not how we designed our AI Act. The AI Act proposal came two and a half years ago. I mean, we hadn't thought about ChatGPT. I mean, ChatGPT came less than a year ago. So there is also in the political process now, what do you do with these large language models for which, I mean, the, 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 the proposal and, and the measure that we designed was for like, call it single purpose AI. So AI in a particular context. And then the, 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 the use case, there we risk. We're not regulating the technology. We're regulating the use of the technology in a particular context. So it is putting 
kind of, I mean, it's testing us. It's testing policymakers. Also, in terms, you mentioned the enforcement, and I mean, DSA, DMA, we're building up enforcement capacity. I mean, we're actually charging the platforms a supervisory fee, so a bit like polluter pays principle. This is also what happens in banking and in, in other areas. It's the, it's the banks paying and telecoms in Europe. It's the banks and telecoms paying for their own supervision. So, yes, it is a, it's a challenge. I mean, we will have to have market surveillance, I mean, to, to, to be able to look at an AI or, and also financial services. I mean, be, when we talk about regulating, let's, should we regulate AI or not? I mean, AI is used in financial services, including, I mean, in, increasingly used in medical devices. I mean, it's used in insurance. So th- you have regulators in these, in these areas. They need to also get up to speed how to take into account AI in those contexts. So it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge for the industry. It's a challenge for the society. But it's absolutely a challenge for policymakers and regulators. I mean, and we must not underestimate that challenge. And it's going to cost money. And we have to avoid not kind of going overboard in one or another direction. So we have to threat. Well, I, I think one of the, I mean one of the concerns that we have. Let's start with a concern and then look. I mean, because technology is. I mean, you don't need to regulate everything. Technology also has the capacity to solve problems caused by technology. I mean, you see lots of kind of innovation now in Silicon Valley, but not only in Silicon Valley, where the hardware and the software can de- detect fake inf- I mean, fakes. I mean, the, when you look at these technologies, they can be used by bad actors and they can be used by good actors. And one of the questions that people are often ask, asking themselves in, Silicon Valley is, is this going to help the defense more or is it going to help the offense more? So is this, is this something that like cyber hackers will get the upper hand or will it help more the, the ones who are defending the systems? The jury is still out on this, but like one promising, I mean, the content moderation, for example, I mean, to keep the internet safe. I mean, we don't want like terrorist material, child sex abuse material, illegal hate speech on the internet. We, 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 I mean, that's what the DSA is all about. I mean, you can use AI very effectively and much more effectively, and there's still a lot of work to be done in order to kind of keep the internet safe. You see, I mean, you have content moderators. There's about 30,000, 40,000 content moderators employed by Meta, for example. Or if you look at what can an average, I mean, it's not a job I would aspire to do because you're looking at a lot of, well, bad things. I mean, an average content moderator can moderate about 200, 300 pieces of content and then decide, is this illegal, not illegal? Does it conform with the terms and conditions? If you program an AI algorithm that can do that, I mean, this is done in a couple of seconds. So this would actually, the the, the feeling in Silicon Valley is this will help the defense side more than the offense side. Well, cybersecurity is another. I mean, ChatGPT4, and then I'll I'll, I'll shut up. I mean, was... for the first time it was used, three months ago, it was used to, to mount a major cyber attack on, 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 a, I mean, on, on an organization, uh, a business organization. It was, it was an accomplished chat TPT. So the, say the cyber criminals went into a system and then chat TPT wrote the code as it was penetrating the firewalls. So this is, so kind of, this is where actually technology can be used to enhance the impact of, I mean, the, the, because ChatGPT, you need to register and you need to have kind of, so to, these people were pretty stupid because they got caught because OpenAI, of course, found out that they were using ChatGPT in order to mount a cyber attack. But, but it is just, I think, so you, you, there's, a, there's a lot of promise 
in technology also to come up with the solutions that technology in the first place calls. So that that's what I'm optimistic about, that technology can actually kind of come up with a lot of the answers that are probably better resolved through technology than through policy or regulation. Thank you very much to Gerard de Graaf, Special Envoy for the European Union, to Silicon Valley for coming all the way to Aotearoa, New Zealand for Diplosphere's Artificial Intelligence Conference 2023 at the Takina Event Center in Wellington. Stay tuned for the next episode.